This is Always Advancing with your host, Josh Sanchez, the podcast created for multidimensional individuals, those that are looking to enhance their human experience and activate their state of self-actualization. Tune in each week for growth hacks and inspiring interviews to help you advance and actualize your full potential. I appreciate your attention and I'm grateful for your awareness. Let's go. Hi, thanks for tuning in. We talk mindset, mentality, and dive into positive psychology, the theory of self-actualization, which this brand itself is a complete advocate. And I'm trying to embody those principles of the self-actualized man and the richness of definition that Maslow gets into is poetic. Uh, the hierarchy of needs. Cornerstone of Maslow's psychology are his ideas regarding the inner nature of man. It is a nature that is biologically based, natural, and unchanging. Though it is partially species-wide, it is particularly unique to self. This nature can be scientifically studied and discovered. What motivates human behavior? The hierarchy of needs is one of the best-known theories of motivation. According to humanist psychologist Abraham Maslow, our actions are motivated in order to achieve certain needs. This hierarchy suggests that people are motivated to fulfill basic needs before moving on to other more advanced needs. If you were to Google search hierarchy needs, vector normally pops up that shows a pyramid. It'll show different levels of that pyramid. It has psychological needs at the base, at the bottom, uh, safety needs, and uh, next, belongingness and loving needs on top of safety, esteem needs, prestige and feelings of accomplishment, and then the very tip of the pyramid, the top of the pyramid, is self-actualization, achieving one's full potential including creative activities so let's dissect those psychological needs are this is the basic needs food water warmth rest shelter things of that that nature second safety needs is security and safety that's pretty basic security safety shelter food water you know the basic needs of a of a human in today's culture and society then the secondary one are psychological needs which is belongingness and love needs so this is intimate relationships and friendships then the esteem needs are prestige and feelings of accomplishment self esteem falls into that and then that tip is self-actualization, achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. So hierarchy needs real basic, but on this episode, we're really going to dive into the richness and complexity of Maslow. And he, he just had a really interesting philosophy, which is that of the self-actualized man. And he touches on a lot of the, the mind traps, a lot of the dogma wrapped around needs and or constraining needs and fulfillment. He really breaks it down. And so anyone here wants to dive in deeper than this episode is going to go, I'm going to recommend his book that gets really deep into this. It is called Toward a Psychology of Being by Abraham H. Maslow. So the authentic person who seeks to employ full humanness transcending himself and his culture in various ways is the normal person. It is the inner core that drives man in this direction seeking self-authenticity. When the inner core is ignored or repressed, it results in personality problems that act as a loud protest against the crushing of one's inner nature. Living one's life in a way that is less than what it should be can result in neurosis. He goes into depth with, with the needs of the mind. 
the psychology, mentality, psyche, the needs of the mind being as important as the needs of the body. The same way the body needs certain vitamins, nutrients to function and optimize at its best. If you are not giving your body what it needs, then you're regressing health. Same thing with the psychology. If you're not reaching for your peak fulfillment, if you're not reaching for self-actualization, he's saying that the direct consequence of that is neurosis, which is which he's defined as related to spiritual disorders, to loss of meaning, to doubts about the goals of life, to grief and anger over lost love, to seeing life in a different way, to loss of courage or hope, to dislike of oneself, to recognition that one's life is being wasted. All of these represent a falling away from full humanness. I love how he represents this. He says, we are just trying to become more human, humanness. What is involved in achieving a state of full humanness? How does one arrive at it? Maslow declares that the concept of tension reduction, homeostasis, lack of pain as a base for motivation and lacking insight and is circular in nature. Its only striving is towards cessation, toward getting rid of itself toward a state of not wanting. How does this relate to the desire for change, development, movement? How do people get smarter, make advances, or have zest for living if the only desire is to achieve a constant state of rest? In particularly, every human being, and certainty in almost every newborn baby, there's an active will towards health, an impulse toward growth, or toward the actualization of human potentialities. Need gratification is the single most important principle underlying this active will towards growth. Growth is progressive satisfaction of basic needs as well as specific growth motivations other than needs, as emerging lower needs are fulfilled by being sufficiently gratified. New and higher needs emerge. The gratification of needs, goals, causes increased motivation, a desire for more and more resulting in growth. In and of itself, becoming a satisfying and rewarding process, growth is long-term in character and can last a lifetime. Pressure is obtained from growing and being grown. Healthy people are able to transform activity into end experiences so the activity is enjoyed while obtaining an end. So super important. Um, We're going to just rattle off the traits of a self-actualized person, which I find joyous. I think it's cool. I I think it's definitely something to strive for. So there are some needs which are shared by all members of a species, such as food, shelter, sun, water, safety, love, and status. This development of a unique selfhood is termed self-actualization, which while being pursued as an end becomes a means to growth. Self-actualization is ongoing, growth-oriented. It is pressing forward to fullness. Good values, serenity, kindness, courage, honesty, love, unselfishness, and goodness. People that are not self-actualizers are deficiency-motivated. They see the world in a black and white manner, categorizing things, people, and events. Classification, categorizing, they result in valuing, judging, interfering, condemning attitude towards others and a li- and life at large. They are need motivated, which often results in exploiting, blustering, and overriding with a selfish need to control. Others are seen as objects to be used to meet needs. This deficiency motivation is not applicable to the attainment of full humanness or higher human relations. Very few people actually achieve self-actualization. Most experience it as an urge, hope, drive a wishing for something not yet achieved simultaneously you are what you are while becoming what you can be 
Self-actualizers exhibit values that are goals. They desire what is good for others and self by doing right because they want to, need to, enjoy doing right, approve of doing right, and continue enjoying doing right. There is self-control and self-discipline, which is not found in the average person. Duty and pleasure, work and play, self-interest and altruism, individualism and selflessness all become the same thing in healthy self-actualizers. I love it. I love the theory of the self-actualized man. I love Abraham's uh, Maslow's take. It's For me, it's very enlightening. I can definitely see him as being a great observer uh, of reality, being the grandfather of positive psychology. Intro psych, like I said, talks about a hierarchy of needs, but... It's just important to get into the richness of uh, the definition because it goes really deep and you don't really touch on that. Most people don't recognize that there's also a need to live to your full potential, not as compared to a luxury or it's nice to have. If you don't honor your potential, if you don't pursue what you're capable of, he explains you're literally going to rot from the inside, leading to psychological dysfunctions and neurosis. Mental illness is a huge epidemic in the United States today. I think one in four men right now, I'm not sure the statistic on women, 25% of men have some sort of mental illness, depression, anxiety, things of that nature. So Maslow compares this to as there are vitamin needs for optimal and proper function in the body, there is a need to be self-actualized for the psyche. Achievement is not just for accolades, but it's also for pushing and growing in a need. Many ignore the higher level needs and fall into the trap of only accomplishing the lower level needs and live in a state of unfulfillment and unsatisfaction in life. He says the point in life when you're becoming actualized when you are in pursuit of your true potential, you receive a clean high of living on that edge and pursuing your human potential because there is a quite a distinct boundary between the two types of needs. Those who only constantly fulfilling the, the lower needs never will experience what it's like to f- fulfill those higher needs, which is essentially the ultimate production of the human spirit. It's body, mind, everything is aligned. Chasing the higher level needs gets you supercharged up. So let's rattle off this list. I think this is absolutely fascinating. I hope you guys like the definition of a self-actualized man by Abraham Maslow. So I'll just rattle these off. So superior and more efficient perception of reality, seeing things more objectively than others, superior and more efficient perception of reality. I just see this as a better observer rather than analysis. Self-actualizers have an increased acceptance of themselves and others, including nature. Love that. So they have an increased spontaneity in behavior, and they're not so one-bound, one-track-minded on one level of the spectrum. They're able to be outrageous and spontaneous, more focused on problems, challenges in life, and not so focused on their emotional state or themselves Self-actualizers have a decreased detachment from things. That means they don't cling to things so much. They're not so worldly, don't really focus on worldly possessions as others, um, which are very petty, lower needs. They have a deeper desire for privacy. They like to be contemplative and think and value their time alone. Self-actualized people have an increased sense of autonomy and individuality. They feel like agents and not victims and take full responsibility of their lives, knowing it is under their control. 
a more internal locus of control. They are resistant or more resistant to social conditioning, not beholden to culture. They are world citizens, and they are not a slave to their culture. They pick and choose from culture of things that empower them or serve them and leave the rest on the table. They are comfortable being themselves, even if that means being unpopular. They don't need approval from others. Self-actualizers have a good sense of what is real and unreal. So let me dive into that a little bit. They value the truth and facts over mere faith, superstition, and dogma. An affinity towards scientific thinking, yet still aware of how your mind deludes you in closed-mindedness, paradigm locks, webs of beliefs that prevent you from educating yourself and being able to stay a skeptic and discriminate between reality and appearance. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying between real and unreal. Obviously, there are things that are ineffable, things that are unexplainable, experiences you'll have that you, you can't quite put in words in the spiritual realm, you know, in that context, um, not of this dimension, whatever you want to say, non-ordinary. But a lot of the times you'll find those people who compartmentalize, don't grow, have a fixed mindset in that world because somebody else told them to or because they're constantly reading the same literature over and over and over, not really expanding their horizon. Self-actualized people have a great freshness of appreciation and richness of emotions in reactions. That means they are not just intellectuals. On the contrary, they are open to experience. They are open to emotions. They experience emotions fully and richly. Self-actualized people have a higher frequency of peak experiences. That means they're in that flow state more often, which bonds a deeply intrinsic value system. They have an increased identification with the human species. They feel like they are part of a collectively good species. They don't identify so much with very specific separated groups. They have an affinity towards the species as a whole. Better interpersonal relationships, they can deal better with relationships and their relationships are not so up and down, very consistent. They have a more democratic character and structure without the need to dictate others or control or manipulate others. They have an increased creativity, more creative. They want to be original. They want to actualize things, bring things to fruition. They have a deep knowledge of who they are, Deep understanding, self-awareness is second nature because observation is a superpower of the actualized. Developing this capacity of observation, steady long-term observation, observation of your own self, your own self-deceptive mental tendencies, because ego does manipulate you. Just overall great at observing. Are constantly moving towards unity and integration in their personality and worldview. They are always synthesizing information into a deeper understanding. They actively nurturing of their talents, understand their talents because of self-awareness, and they actively train those talents and skills. More value on ideal values. They place more emphasis on pursuing the ideal values and, and, and less on the petty values. So they love seeking truth, beauty, goodness, uniqueness, wholeness, justice, simplicity, richness, effortlessness, and playfulness, as opposed to the need of security, comfort, approval, money, lower value, petty, not fulfilling, more superficial needs. They are also chasing and pursuing 
pursuing higher needs versus those petty needs on a constant basis. They're driven by positive and intrinsic motivation rather than scarcity. They do things because they love and enjoy, not out of need, but want. They have peak experiences, but also quiet moments. So they chase the actualization, the state of actualized, being actualized, but they also can enjoy those moments alone in peace and quiet and tranquility. They take pleasure in functioning at their prime and excellence in their skills, in their intrapersonal, in their relationships. They take people as a part of the world, beings rather than pawns of their own validation or approval. So their dark triad score, if you, if you guys want to, to look up dark triad score, Machiavellianism, it's um, psychopathy and narcissism. They're very low on this this dark triad score. If you were to take that psychometric test, you, you know what I'm talking about. They are very loving, but they need less love, which is interesting. They conceptualize dichotomies by fusing and resolving them. They are comfortable and not knowing and open-minded and tolerant of the unknown. You met people who have to always constantly be right. That's their sole purpose in life is just to be right. Those self-actualized don't have the need to be right. They are constantly seeking the truth, whether that's that means they're right or wrong. They have desires and impulses that correlate with what's good for them, like health, wellness, and positive experiences. They are involved in improving the world. They admit and correct mistakes. Self-discipline comes very easy. They gratify themselves moderately instead of overindulging, express aggression in a healthy way, righteous indignation. They live to experience joy rather than experience pain. They move towards things rather than move away from things. They are positively motivated, live in the present moment, and they make more conscious decisions and they have a higher level of consciousness. Peak state of the human experience, self-actualization. The only study was done by Abraham Maslow of self-actualized people. And I've expressed this in the past with any sort of case study or any inference made in, in any of the goals in academia, psychology, behavioral psychology, uh, psychopathology, uh, really anything that uh, makes any strong inference. I've been very attuned or very conscious of ensuring that I'm not sharing information with you know, small sample sizes, small case studies small sizes, making large inferences on behavioral psychology. Well, I did a study on a thousand people and on this study of a thousand people, I found that when we did this, that the 90% of these people did that. So now I'm going to make a blanket statement for the entire human species about the behavior of man and the influences of man based off this case study. Now that's silly, right? I have an affinity towards the larger sample sizes to really make inferences or to really find that truth with a capital T rather than truth with a lowercase t. We could be on the right path, but there, there are certain things that are absolute. I was a little bit wary when I first read this, uh, knowing the sample size wasn't uh, extremely large, but for some reason, this just called out to me. The way that he articulates and Maslow's, uh, when I read his book, it really just solidified my affinity towards the self-actualized and point, his observations, his articulations, and how he ties everything in. So let's go a little bit in depth with that. So only study was done by Abraham Maslow, self-actualized people. Most people perhaps all tend to lean towards self-actualization, the uncovering sort. Most are capable of it as well. An example, what would you like to become if you could? Validation at the affirmation that all people yearn towards self-actualization. This is so because the rich description Maslow gives of the characteristics of self-actualizing people parallels at many points the ideas ideas urged by religions, the transcended uh, of self, the fusion of truth, the good, and the beautiful 
contribution to others, wisdom, honesty, and naturalists, the transcendence of selfish and personal motivations, the giving up of lower desires in favor of higher ones, the easy differentiation between ends, tranquility, serenity, and peace, and means, money, power, and status, the decrease of hostility, cruelty, and destructiveness, and the increase of friendliness, kindness, and love. One conclusion Maslow found from all these free choice experiments from development and dynamic motivation theory and former examination from psychotherapy is a very revolutionary one that no other large culture had arrived at, namely that our deepest needs are not in themselves dangerous, evil, or bad. This opens up the prospect of revolving the splits within the person, which are Apollonian and Dionysian, classical and romantic, scientific and poetic, reason and impulse, work and play, verbal and preverbal, maturity and childlikeness, masculinity and femininity, growth and regression. Two, the main social parallel to this change in our philosophy of human nature is the rapidly growing tendency to perceive the culture as an instrument of need and gratification, as well as a frustration and control. We can now reject as a localism the almost universal mistake that the interests of the individual and of society are necessity, mutually exclusive and antagonistic, or the civilization is primarily a mechanism for controlling and policing humans in instinctual impulses. All these age-old axioms are swept away by the new possibility of defining the main focus of a healthy culture as the fostering of a universal self-actualization. So Gary Vee said this. He said he wanted to, and if you're not familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, he is this generation's business prophet. Very, very inspiring. So he, he said he wanted to create a serum for self-awareness. And when you come to the awareness that everything you deem as normal was put in place to distract you and keep you controlled, then you can begin to understand why Maslow's universal self-actualization theory is so powerful. It means we have a society of people contributing to the world in, in passion and in purpose. Imagine the evolutionary implications of this utopia, not merely cogs in a larger machine that we did not choose to be a part of, but the creators and contributors to the human species. That, for me, is a beautiful thought. I want to hold on to that thought. His theory, self-actualized, are beautiful. We do not become fulfilled by extrinsic and external circumstances that we are born into. We become fulfilled by intrinsic and internal motivations and needs. Three, in healthy people, only is there a good correlation between subjective delight and the experience, impulses to the experience, or wish for it and basic need for the experience. It is good for him in the long run, only such people people uniformly yearn for what is good for them and for others and then are able to wholeheartedly to enjoy and approve it. For such people, virtue is of its own reward. When the sense of being enjoyed in itself, they spontaneously tend to do right because that is what they want to do, what they need to do and what they enjoy, what they approve of doing and what they will continue to enjoy. It is in this unity, this network of positive intercorrelation that falls apart into separateness and conflict as a person gets psychologically sick. Then what he wants to do may be bad for him. Even if he does it, he may not enjoy it. Even if he enjoys it, 
he may simultaneously disapprove of it so that the enjoyment of it itself is poisoned or may may disappear quickly. What he enjoys at first, he may not enjoy later. His impulses, desires, and enjoyments then become a poor guide to living. He must accordingly mistrust and fear the impulses and the enjoyments which lead him astray. And so he is caught in conflict, disassociation, indecision, and a civil war against his mind, body, and deep needs. So far as philosophical theory is concerned, many historical dilemmas and contradictions are resolved by this finding. Hedonistic theory does work for healthy people. It does not work for sick people. The true, the good, and the beautiful do to correlate some, but only in healthy people, they correlate strongly. For self-actualization is a relatively achieved state of affairs in few people. In most people, however, it is rather a hope, a yearning, a drive, a something wished for but not yet achieved, showing itself clinically as a dive towards health, aspiration, and growth. The projective tests are also able to detect the trends as potentialities rather than as our behaviors. This means for us that which the person is and that which the person could be exists simultaneously for the psychologist, thereby resolving the dichotomy being and becoming. Potentialities are not only will-bees or could-bees, they also are. Self-actualization values as goals exist and are real even though they are not yet actualized. The human being is simultaneously that which he is and that which he yearns to be. All right, adventures. I hope you liked today's baseline, very, you know, um, very intro psychopathology, very intro psychology, very intro baseline learnings in, in the aspect of mentality, something that I have affinity towards. And uh, I know the brand, the Always Advancing Podcast is, is strongly, strongly advocated uh, for the self-actualized person. Getting information from many, many sources with this podcast, uh, I don't expect you guys to do that. So I'll just give you some practical tips um, on the importance of you know multidimensional learning and how to self-actualize or get on the process. I think Maslow said it best. You know, you're not most people won't ever ever be self-actualized. And if you ever come across a self-actualized person in this context, right? Some may call them enlightened beings. Some may call them light workers. Some may call them um, spiritual masters. Some may call them whatever you call it. Um, you you know they seem non-ordinary. They, they don't seem human. They essentially have this, these elated, this, um, this certain aura, there's certain energy to, to this human who has formulated their reality and really gone off the, the beaten path. You know, trailblazers, I love calling them that. Um, the, the summation of, of my research, my knowledge on, on this process is massive self-learning. Massive not a little bit, not, not, not reading, not researching, not, you know, learning on a small scale, massive self-learning. Most CEOs read 60 books annually. That's, that's about a book a week, a little bit more, a little bit, uh, a little bit more than a book a week or leaders or readers. And that, that phrase is real. You'll never go wrong with massive self-learning. Because you don't have to just gorge any book that's next to you. You can get very specific on ver these verticals. I mean, I cover six verticals. It's very easy for me to jump on Audible. It's very easy me to, for me to go to Barnes and Noble and, and look in those, you know, those verticals. So conceptual understanding is another one. Practical tip is understanding how reality actually works. The, the more efficient perception on reality. And that comes with massive self-learning. Never stop. Be curious. Stay curious. Your nature has made you a, a curious being. 
hone in on that talent, on that skill, and really cultivate it. Epistemic and metaphysical questioning. This is huge. Learn practical aspects, but you also need to get existential on this stuff. Questions like what is the very fabric and structure of myself and other people? Because there's epistemic traps and your mind deludes into closed-mindedness, those paradigm locks and webs of beliefs that prevent you from educating yourself and being able to stay a skeptic and discriminate. So if you don't understand epistemology, just sorting through the information that is out there, how do you know what's worthwhile to pursue and what's not? That comes with it. Eventually, you start saying, okay, this, uh, this is a dead end. Learning about, you know, this aspect of psychology is kind of a dead end in the grand scheme of things, really taking a worldview, an observer's seat. Doing this will allow you to glimpse the absolute, God, oneness, whatever you want to call, uh, rewarding things that is what life's about. Developing the capacity through observation and steady long-term observation. Observe your own self. Develop mindfulness, meditation, self-inquiry, self-reflective questions. Go for the big picture, the large overall holistic understanding. It's not enough to discriminate in a narrow analytical fashion. Also, living a sober lifestyle. Intoxicated lifestyles always distract and lose yourself in life. Stimulants, social media, foods, alcohol, pharmaceutical drugs, porn, video games, your smartphone, all of this can be categorized under an umbrella word of escapism. Escapism is not the path of growth. It's the path of regression. It's the path of a trophy. You've got to live a life of distraction with distraction free in this massive self-learning. Also have that deep recognition that the growth takes serious work. Becoming self-actualized, really embodying is a grow-getter mindset. You, you got to have that deep recognition that it's, it takes serious work. And as you're self-actualizing, you'll become more strategic, proactive, decisive, and visionary in the ways that, that you approach your life. But most people are opposite of this. You have to have good discernment. That's just a part of it. Build an infrastructure. Set up your environment to enable you to accomplish rather than hinder you. That's the essence of this path. There's no real real linear fashion. There's a lot of components that you need to add to become self-actualized. This could take you decades. This could take you a year. It really depends on you. Everyone is different and has different talent and skills, but setting up your external environment from free of distraction, free of escapism, free of all of that stuff. I, I know the, the most learned people I know, the grow getters, the real growth mindset individuals don't have TVs. Um, they, they have a space. Their home is, is a sacred space of learning, of growth, of spirituality. They have many, many books, um, you know, because they take it seriously. But there's so many techniques. There's so many processes and experimenting and experiencing to reach your peak state. So I, I hope this was you learned something about a theory that I'm passionate about. But it's a good baseline. And I just want to close with saying the psychology of humans, the biological machine that we are, has been well defined for thousands of years now in some parts of the world. It's just the culture we are born into has done a shitty job at informing us. Mass media, Western society does a terrible job of informing you of what the needs are of our machine that you are. To optimize mind, body, spirit, and spiritual function and to amplify your human experience. 
this is where a lot of discernment comes into place and self-discipline. And, and, the, and the fact is, is if you're a disciplined human being while seeking truth, it doesn't matter if you enjoy, you know, eating certain things. It doesn't matter if you, your mouth pleasure has an affinity towards it because obviously sugar, fats, and salts uh, innately will always, always satiate or will always be appealing or, or bring pleasure to us, to our physiology, to our biology. That's just something in our nature that we are drawn towards. High calories, obviously, um, and and sweetness, and glucose spikes, and dopamine rush, and all of that. All of that wrapped into a nice gift package for you, for your mouth pleasure, for you know twenty seconds of pleasure. But when you have that discipline and you really look at the nutrition and you, you really start diving into certain things, you see consumerism has a huge, huge, huge effect on the way we eat. And the manifestation of the average or the the uh, standard American diet, also acronym SAD diet, is obesity, mental illness. You can just see it. Just look around. You know, people are not healthy. People are not happy. With your body fat at a high level, automatically your physiology is off. You, you have a hormone imbalance. If you are overweight, if you have excess body fat, you are you have hormonal imbalances. That that's just the truth. You're not going to experience peak states of elated, joyous, happy experiences when your vessel, you know, of your body is is constantly in a state of imbalance. You're gonna feel those feelings that are attracted to lower level needs. That you're going to have that affinity towards instant gratification because you want to peak those hormones. You want to feel good. That's why you eat sugar. You want that spike of dopamine, that serotonin. You want to feel good because you, you don't feel good day to day. Minute by minute, moment by moment, when you wake up, you're not in a state. I'm convinced people don't understand how good their body is designed to feel. Otherwise, they wouldn't reach for the processed sugar. They wouldn't reach for overly processed you know, wheat uh, carbohydrates. They wouldn't reach for these fake fruit juices packaged with just 40, 50 grams of sugar. Did, do you guys really comprehend what 40 or 50 grams of sugar is? It's insane. But the information's out there. We live in a point in time of human history. Information, knowledge has never been readily available at our fingertips. In the digital economies, there is no one operation manual. Culture does worse. It actually seduces you into doing all the stuff that is opposite of fulfillment. It promotes escapism. Every aspect of your life is dosed with some sort of psychoactive drug. Think about it. You wake up, what do you need? Caffeine. Then to wind down through your workday, to wind down you have happy hour. That's why happy hour exists. There's no nutritional value in alcohol. It's actually a poison. The reason it's still around is because we need to wind down these workers that are psychoactive, just in hyperdrive with their caffeine, their you know hundreds of milligrams of caffeine that they ingest. They need to wind down to be productive for the next day. So what do they do? They kick back some drinks during happy hour. That's why it still exists, not because of health benefits, because it keeps the economy going. Then what do they need? They need another stimulant. They need something to taper off. They need something to fall asleep. You take sleeping pills. At what point in this process of your day-to-day -day life, at what point does this contemplative, self-reflective, mindfulness, meditation come into play? You continue the cycle of intoxication. Most people never get the big picture. If you're stuck in that rat race, you'll never get the big picture.
there's a rare opportunity for you. Most stuck in these low-level vibrations never see what their potential is, what growth is about, and how to live in peak human experiences. Now your awareness is expanded, but you still have to start implementing proper habits, some of these key components in your life, and finding your purpose to uncover your passions and motivations. Traditions that generate true growth will all have similar key components. Religions, community, etc. The title doesn't matter as long as they give you full spectrum, big picture perspective. Stay consistent, discipline, and learn every day. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. If I brought you any value today, please subscribe for notifications of next week's episode. I would truly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Connect to our community on social media. We're building a tribe of self-actualized grow-getters, those that implement the practice of lifelong learning, understanding it will catalyze self-actualization, the ultimate production of the human spirit. Find your baseline and grow every day. Till next time, advancers, make the rest of your day the best of your day.